Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. And these are questions I ask myself when I question myself. Table fam! How we feel tonight? Hey, if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name is Isaac. I'm the pastor here at the table and part of our leadership team here. And man, we just want to welcome you. There's a lot of things you could have chosen to do on a Tuesday night. And we just love that you chose to hang out with us. We're so, just so grateful that you're here. Um, if you've been hanging out with us um, this year in 2022, um, we just finished our series last week. So if you wanted to learn about calling and work and purpose, you can find all those videos on our YouTube channel. Um, next week, we're starting a brand new series that I'm very, very excited about. Um, and tonight, I just wanted to share just something that's been on my heart uh, for you and just wanted to walk through something um, together uh, with you. Have you ever gone uh, or have you, have you ever gone swimming in like a, a big body of water? Yes. Have you? But like, but like swimming, no, hear me out, like swimming where like your feet can't touch the floor. Yeah, not like not like a beach where your kind of feet are on the sand. Um, not like pool, although I love a good pool day, right? Um, but like like ocean, like deep ocean, like lake, like open body of water. So um, some of you know this. So I uh, used to live in Texas, and back when I was living in Texas, um, I was chaperoning um, some high schoolers that were going to go cliff jumping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and, and at the time, like, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't much older than them at the time. So here we are, and they're, you know, they're on the edge of the cliff. Like, these high schoolers, they're just going like, wee, 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 right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all go. Y'all, y'all are doing a good job, right? And again, I wasn't much older, so I'm like this, like, cool kind of older brother type figure. And they're like, Isaac, no. Like, they had already gone, like, three or four times. They're like, Isaac, like, you need to go. Like, you need to go. Come on. Are you? And I'm like, you know, y'all go. And they're like, Isaac, like, you're here. Like, you have to go. And <clears throat> you have to go. And I'm like, okay, like, I can't, like, not go. Like, you know, I need to, here I am, and I need to, I need to do this thing. So, so then I'm, you know, I'm kind of staring, and it's, it's, it's a ways down. So I go, and I jump off one Mississippi. I'm falling two Mississippi. This is probably a good time to tell you. I'm not a good swimmer. Okay. okay back to the story. Three Mississippi. Four Mississippi. Splash. I hit the water, and I was actually Okay. Right? So I come out of the water, and they're kind of, uh, kind of maybe a few yards away, safe enough to where I wasn't going to hit it, but, but close enough to where I could get to it easily was like this rock um, that I just kind of go and just kind of wait, and like, people in our group were there, and they just kind of chill on this rock, like in this, in this lake, going cliff jumping. But then, um, so we're there, we're just kind of chilling for a second, but now it's time to swim back to shore. And it's a ways, right? But for me, I'm like, I know I'm not a good swimmer, but also, you guys get that, like, ever overly confident sometimes? I saw this meme this week. I thought it was hilarious. It's like, live your life with the confidence of a four-year-old wearing a Batman t-shirt. Have you guys seen this? And that's, that was me, all right, with the four-year-old with the Batman t-shirt. I was like, I can do this. So I start out, and I start swimming, and I'm swimming, and I'm swimming, to where eventually I'm very, if you're a swimmer, like I'm very inefficient with my motions, right? So it's a lot of extra energy, just not really going forward. So eventually I get tired. I'm like, okay. So I flip on my back, and I kind of start kind of like doing that back swimming thing. Have you guys done that? Like the back swimming thing? So I'm doing the back swimming thing, but then I look, and I'm like way off course, like not even close to where I need to go. So I'm like, ah, okay, back swimming's not working. Okay, so I'm back on my front. I'm trying to swim back, but at this point, I'm getting really tired. And it's a large lake, right? So these waves are now just like crashing like over me and I'm tired and I'm swimming and I'm tired and I'm swimming and I'm tired and my arms are flailing and I'm so tired. And here's what I felt. I was like, oh, I, I feel so chaotic. 
I feel chaotic. Like, what? I don't know what's going to happen right now. I just need to keep going. I don't know what's going to happen. The waves are crashing over me. I don't know what's going to happen. But I just got to keep moving forward. Can't stop. Just keep moving forward. Waves crashing, and I just feel very chaotic. And I'm wondering if for some of us, how I felt in, that, in the water with waves crashing over me, if you also in this moment feel chaotic. And here, here's what I mean. Uh, perhaps some of the, the chaos that we feel sometimes is an external chaos. So maybe like there's some like family or coworkers or like your, your roommates are just like being really extra and they're just like causing all this like drama and a, and a chaos in your life. I remember when I was in college, my freshman year of college, and uh, my freshman roommate, I show, up, I show up in our dorm, and there's, I'm not joking, a duck in our bathroom. <laughs> there's a duck in our bathroom, right? And they're like, why is there a duck? And I was like, hey, man, I'm in a fraternity. We needed a duck. I was like, that makes no sense. Okay. So, so perhaps that's some of the, the external chaos that we feel, or perhaps it's more um, internal chaos. Perhaps some of this internal chaos is like this like constant anxiety that we feel. Or this like deep sadness and depression that we feel. Or just feeling guilt and shame from our past, guilt and shame for what we're doing currently. And we just feel so much turmoil, just like, like just feel yucky on the inside and we don't know what to do with it. It's just always with us. Or maybe for some of us, we're just angry all the time. And we're just having to process that. And there's internal chaos. And for a lot of us, I mean, we're, a lot of, we're in our 20s here, right? Or late teens, 20s, some of us early 30s. We're navigating young adult world for the first time. You've never done this before. Like, have you ever adulted before in your life? You're figuring it out right now. And you're like, okay, how do I navigate, like, paying rent and, like, having a job? And do I like this job? Do I not like this job? I don't know. Should I quit my job? I don't need to pay rent. And, oh, oh this, by the way, I'm, like, getting asked out. Do I want to say yes? Do I want to say no? I don't know. He's texting me. What do I do? Right? And like we're just trying to navigate relationships and work, and we're, then we're trying to like, you know, be involved. For some of us, involved like in church and figure out, okay, do I like this life group? And we're just trying to navigate our lives or adult lives for the first time. And we're like, taxes? Like, does that work? It's tax season. What do I do with that? So for me, so going back to like when I was uh, back in the lake, you know, so I'm there and I'm flailing. Like, I legitimately, I'm a true story, I legitimately thought, like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to make it through this? Because I, I'm a true story, I don't know if I am. I'm like literally thinking, am I, like, is this how I go out? Wow, I thought it'd be, well, I don't know what I thought it would be. I never thought about it. But like, I'm there, like my, my head is now going below the water and I'm like fighting for my dear life, right? And I'm like, am I, like, I going to drown? Like, what's going to happen to me right now? But I just keep fighting and just keep fighting. And eventually I make it far enough to where I'm able to cry for help. I'm like, help, help. And on the shore is like this like 16-year-old high schooler. And as a, you would imagine, a 16-year-old high school dude, he's like, What? And I'm like, help, help. He's like, do you need help? I was like, yes. Can you please help me? And he's like, oh, okay. And eventually, he's actually a really cool guy. So he actually comes out, and he like, like if, once he realizes what's going on, comes out, and he saves me, he rescues me, right? So I'm able to make it to shore, and I'm just like, well, that was an experience. So, but unlike me being rescued, see, for some of us, our lives are just endlessly chaotic, like, like there is no end. Like there's no hope for life. No, and like there's no, no hope for our life like not being chaotic, right? And perhaps your survival skills are like much better than what my swimming skills were. To where you've learned to operate just to survive in this chaotic environment. Perhaps you even grew up, and for a lot of us we did, grew up in a really chaotic environment. 
And we've just learned to survive and just like do whatever we need to do and get like real scrappy, right? And we're like real street smart. And we just, we just know how to navigate the world as we're just trying to make it through and just survive another day, right? And for some of us, you feel like, I survive in chaos. I'm sorry, I thrive in chaos. Like this is, this is my moment right here. Like I know how to do this. I've been doing this my entire life. Like or even like in a, like a zombie apocalypse movie, right? Where you're like, just need to go to the grocery store. And you got like your, your ax and your shotgun. Like every single day you leave your house. And you're like, let's do this. Like and you don't know what the day is going to bring, but you know that you know how to navigate it because this is your normal. See, but for some of us, it's not our normal. For some of us, perhaps we grew up in, you know, what we, we would consider a good family or um, however you may describe your experience. And whenever you do experience chaos, um, it, you feel like you did something wrong because it's not your normal. And then, like, did I bring this chaos to myself? Did I do something wrong? Like, am I a bad Christian? Am I a bad person? Like, why am I experiencing chaos right now? But fortunately, we're not uh, the first people to experience chaos. We're not. Um, actually, um, there's been, um, people have been experiencing chaos for thousands of years. So the question we're looking at is how do we deal with chaos? And I actually think that God actually has some, some really good, amazing um, answers to help us process, like how do we deal with chaos? And perhaps we're in a season right now where we're not dealing with chaos. I know for a fact you have a friend or you know someone that is. So you can, if you're not experiencing chaos right now, you probably may in the future, or at, you can help your friend who's processing through chaos right now in their lives. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Mark, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It'll be on the screens as well. In Mark chapter 4, um, it says this, where he says, um, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, so this is Jesus, Jesus talking. So on that day when evening had come, so Jesus, so a little bit of context. So Jesus had just been around, we'll see this in a second, had just been around a large group of people. And now he said to them, he's talking to his disciples, the people that are hanging out with him, and he said to them, this is Jesus telling the people that were with him, his disciples, where he says, let us go across to the other side. This is really, really important. Let us go across to the other side. And here's why this is so important. Because Jesus is telling his disciples, the people that are with him, really clearly what's going to happen. Jesus is saying, hey, we're going to the other side. That's what's going to happen. And the disciples are like, great, we're going to the other side. Great, okay, great. So, so actually here, um, here's a picture actually of the, this is the Sea of Galilee. And this is a slight flex because this is from my phone when I actually got to go a few years ago. Um, so really amazing just like seeing, like reading all these stories. And if you ever have the opportunity to go to Israel at some point in your life, highly recommend it. It's just incredible, like just getting to see the Sea of Galilee. Like this is, this is where this story is taking place. Like this is where this happened. It's really, really cool. All right. So he continues um, in verse 36 where he says, And leaving the crowd, they took, they took him with them in a boat. So his disciples are taking Jesus in a boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. So um, contextualize it. They basically had a, like a large church service where Jesus was preaching, and now Jesus is going with his life group like to Alehouse or Culver's after the church service. That's basically what's going on. Okay, so, so here's, a, actually this is really interesting too. So imagine the lake, and now look at this boat. So this boat was actually, they discovered it. It's like a 2,000-year-old boat that they discovered. This isn't actually, most likely, not Jesus' boat that we're reading about. But this is a boat that was probably the boat that was there in this story. So you can kind of see, like, there's a shadow to see, like, because it's the whole of the boat. But you can see, like, in the back, like a, like a large sail, like a mast. I don't know a lot about boating. But a sail and a mast, and that's kind of the whole. It's about 26 feet long, um, this picture of the boat. 
Um, so and he continues, so in verse 37, so they're going across the lake, they're in the boat, verse 37, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. So this boat, that you just saw, you don't need to put it up, but this boat, like now it's filling with water. It's not a very like sturdy, large boat, right? So any sort of like water intake is a big deal. Well, you can imagine it's a little chaotic on the boat, right? Where they're there, they're going across the lake um, and the Sea of Galilee, which is basically a lake. They just call it a Sea of Galilee. But uh, Sea of Galilee is about seven miles across. And this water now is filling the boat. And you can imagine they're feeling chaotic. And I think that, again, we can relate to that feeling of chaos to where we feel like perhaps we may feel like we're in a boat or we're in water like me when I was drowning, and like here's just like waves and water intake, right? And it's just a very chaotic environment. But here's a really interesting point, is that Jesus knows things. Jesus is God. Do you think that Jesus knew that they were going to encounter a storm on their way across the lake? And yet, he says, disciples, come on, we're going. Let's, we're going to the other side. Jesus knew a storm was coming. Jesus knew the boat was going to be filled. Jesus knew it would be a very chaotic environment. And he says, we're going to the other side. Come on, let's go. So just because there's a storm, and so we can look at this principle here, just because there's a storm doesn't mean you necessarily have done anything wrong. Just because there's a storm doesn't mean like you're a bad person. Jesus is actively leading his followers, his disciples with him through the storm, through this chaotic environment. Chaos in your life is normative in the Christian experience. Chaos is, in your life is normal. It's normal. Is a, a, being chaotic, feeling stressful, chaotic situations is a normal part of life, right? So I've felt this very, very deeply. So like some of you know this. I'm going to sit down for a second. Um, can I just tell you like the last two years of my life? Okay. Some of you have known me for the last two years of my life, right? Some of you, hi, I'm Isaac. This is the first time meeting, but let me catch you up on the last two years of my life. Okay. So two years ago, um, to this date, so this is February uh, 22nd, uh, 2022. February uh, 22nd, 2020, um, I was incredibly single, right? As, um, and as I'm seeing, I'm trying to navigate relationships. And on February 28th, uh, sorry, February 27th, 2020, I went on my first date with my wife, Lauren. Right? So, but so I'm navigating. So I'm single. Oh, and I don't know if you know this. So we went on three dates. And then are you guys aware that there was like a global pandemic going on? So we go on three dates, global pandemic. I'm like, okay, like, I like her. I think she likes me. Here's a global pandemic. Okay, it seems to be a little chaotic. Okay, I think we're good. Let's just keep, keep moving forward. So during that time, too, some of you know this, if you were hanging out with us, um, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, is that everything shut down. So now my role at work is no longer, like, here, like, in person at the table. I was, like, shifted to, like, a video producer. So I'm just learning and getting scrappy, and I'm just learning how to, like, or um, just do videos, like, here for the table and have, like, an online gathering, and we're navigating all that like as a team. So then we get back from COVID and my boss at the time tells me he's leaving. And some of you know this, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm also like proposing to like my now wife. So I'm like, okay, here is like about to be potentially like a very increased responsibility, which I'm excited about, right? But there's a lot of unknowns, unknown, a lot of potential chaos with that. I'm just, I'm just potentially assuming more responsibility as well as trying to plan a wedding, 
as well as, oh yeah, I'm about to start my life with a woman that I love. Like, okay. I mean, again, these are all kind of great things. So then um, eventually, like, we do get married and kind of settle in to my, my new role here. Um, and then we, we get a house, which is incredible, right? And then um, August of last year, some of you know this, then my wife and I got COVID. And now we're just at home for 17 days. I'm like, okay. Um, and then we find out that we're pregnant, so now we're pregnant, just we're having recovered from COVID, and now like, okay, here we go. So now we're about to give birth. So my, now my wife's the last few months, like my wife has been pregnant. She's due in five or six weeks. We had, uh, y'all, what's the ultrasound this morning? I'm just like, it was amazing. It's like seeing like the heartbeat and the ultrasound. Like it was, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to. So all that to say, like, just the schedule is just like, and not all those, most of those things are really positive things, right? Most of that was, like, incredibly positive things. Some of them, some of them negative, right? But just the non-stop something after something after something after something after something. And here's what I know. I'm not special. This is you. This is your schedule. This has been your life the last two years to where you've been non-stop, just one thing after another after another. Am I alone? Do y'all feel this? After another, I heard an amen. Come on, amen. Another, after another, after another. And it's like, when is this going to stop? I just feel like I'm constantly just like waves just crashing over me where I'm just like my arms are flailing and I'm just trying to survive here. Is there ever going to be, is survival mode ever going to end? And here's what it did for me. Is it revealed, last few years of my life, have really revealed a lot of internal chaos. Perhaps externally, things are going incredibly well. Like, I love like, the house that we got. I love my wife. I love, you know, being pregnant. so fun. I love just the new role that I've, that I've been ha- getting to have like, the last year or so here at the table. Like, I love it. And yet, internally, there's still a lot of chaos going on for me to work through. Because I'm created for good, but I'm also a broken person. And in that brokenness, there's a lot of internal stuff that I've had to navigate through the last year, the last couple years, has really brought out. So one of these things has been, like, this, this idea of an imposter syndrome, right? Some of you know that that is. Some of it has been performance anxiety where I've just been feeling like really anxious and trying to process that. and like, why am I feeling so anxious? Like things are going well. People love me. I'm doing a good job. You know, y'all are doing a good job. Y'all are incredible. I love you. I love hanging out with you every Tuesday. And just like processing through that, some of the internal chaos is feeling like, man, I'm very self-serving in my marriage. Like Lauren's incredible. Lauren's so amazing. And here I am just like, just feeling like am I, I'm selfish. Just like not. And Lauren's like, hey, you're not selfish. You're so amazing. I love you. You know, all that good stuff. And yet I still know that like, man, I still, I feel like I'm leaving some stuff on the table here, you know? Like, so just processing all of this. And in this, here's typically what I think. Typically what I think. I need to do better. I need to try harder. If I just swim harder, if I just do more, if I can just be better, then my life won't be chaotic. So here we go. And if you've gone through residency, you learn a bunch of tools, which is now blueprints, right? If you're in blueprints, here's what you're going to do. You're going to learn a bunch of tools on how to navigate through life, right? And these tools are incredible. But there's, here's, hear me say this, there's no amount of like trying harder and doing more that's going to help us navigate through this chaos, there has to be something else more than just us doubling, you know, buckling down and trying harder, right? Because um, um, uh, with this chaos, some of it, um, and there's, I need to, um, careful how I say this, some of it is God-ordained. So we're, again, in this story, we see, and in the chaos in our lives, as we can see, that it's God-ordained, that God knows we're about to go through some chaos. And here he is, and he's journeying with us through this. And here's what I've been thinking, though. Like, man, if I'm feeling this, surely other people are feeling this as well. 
And if I'm feeling this and other people are feeling this, can we just talk about this? So we can say, hey, look, the chaos that we're experiencing is normal. You're not alone. You're not on an island by yourself, right? We're here, and this is why we get to gather every Tuesday to where we call ourselves a banquet for the broken. And here, here's what we're saying. Like, oh, you had a chaotic week? Cool, me too. And it's okay. And as we say that, and as we share that, um, we're not saying like, oh, you had a chaotic week? Man, I wonder what, how you messed up. You should have tried harder, and then your week wouldn't have been as chaotic. That's your fault. We don't do that here. We say, oh, man, it's a banquet for the broken, and we know that the only answer in our brokenness, that we have beauty in us, we have brokenness in us, and in our beauty and in our brokenness, the only hope, the only answer that we have is Jesus. So chaos in our life is normal. But if there's chaos, how do we respond to it? Because that's what matters. If chaos is normal, here's where I think now we can figure out, have a couple options, is how do we respond to this chaos. And here's the big idea, is that chaos reveals trust. Chaos reveals trust. Have you ever, guys, um, if, you, if you've been at work, you, you know this, or if you've ever been, like, at a party, and then there's, like, the after party, after party, and then, or there's, like, the, if you're in a work setting, like, the meeting after the meeting, to where, like, you just had this experience where it was like, oh, man, he said this, and she said this, and they said this, and I'm just, like, eating, like, Michael Jackson meme, just, like, eating popcorn. Like, oh, my gosh, whoa, like, fireworks going on, like, either at home or at work or whatever setting that you're in. There's, like, the environment, the group of people, there's just really chaotic. So then what do you do? You go process that, and you go talk about it. And who do you go talk about it with? Your safe people, your trusted people. And when chaos ensues, the automatic response is that we want to go process with people that we trust, right? So chaos reveals trust because when chaos happens, it proves who or what we actually trust. So how do the disciples respond to chaos? How do they respond? Well, let's read. It says this in verse 38 where he says, um, But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, hold on, let me, let me back up for a second. Okay, the storm is coming. The boat is being filled with water. Okay, I'm gonna, let's, let's go back to the story, right? This boat, it's not very large. This boat is being filled with water. And Jesus is on the boat. And what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Do you know that this is the only time in Scripture that's recorded that Jesus is sleeping? In the middle of the storm that they're in. So now Jesus is sleeping, and as you can imagine, they're like, okay, this, um, we're freaking out. Also, these are like experienced, some of them, not all of them, but some of them were like experienced fishermen, experienced sailors. So you know when you're on a flight and like, it's, like you start getting turbulence on a flight? Who do you look at? The flight attendants. Why? Because if they're freaking out, you should freak out. But if, <laughs> but if they're not freaking out, you're going to be okay. Right? So typically on a flight, just look, whenever there's turbulence, just look at the flight attendant. Typically they're in the front, like, please pass in your seatbelts, and like facing backwards, like, and like they're smiling, you're good. If they're not smiling, not good. So these fishermen, they're freaking out. Like the, the, the boat flight attendants, the, blo- the boat fishermen are freaking out, and here's what they said. They woke Jesus and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So they're freaking out. So in, do you not, and it's almost like, uh, like passive aggressive, like Jesus, you're Jesus. Do you not even care that we're perishing, right? Like the most passive aggressive, like rude, sarcastic comment that you can make. Um, some scholars, um, they know that this is like written from like a firsthand account because like the language is not softened. Because we're like, you can't say that to Jesus. Like you just like passive aggressive, rude, sarcastic to Jesus. 
You can't, like, do you know who that, like, that's Jesus. You can't do that. But I love the, the, the account because I love the first-handed account of the, of the, or the, the written from the first-handed account of, of the rawness of like, this because this is, for us, this is how we actually respond, where we feel waves crashing. And here's what we feel. Jesus, do you even care that I'm perishing? Do you see me? Do you hear me? Like, hey, I'm crying out, Jesus, come on. Do you, do you see that I'm going through chaos right now? Like, I have a storm going on right now. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, if you were here, I would not be going through a storm right now. Which I think is incredibly um, uh, normal response when we're, we're, we're scared, whenever we're fearful. And here's the reality, is that these disciples were going through a storm, going through chaos. And where was Jesus? He was right there with them as they're going through the storm, as they're going through chaos, right? So verse 38, and he, so Jesus, so verse 39, I'm sorry, and he, this is Jesus, and Jesus awoke, and he rebuked, we're coming back to this in a second, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, okay, I need to stop here to nerd out for a second, okay, so do you see typically at the top, if you're here on Tuesdays, you see this every week in verses at the top, you see that there's like the, the book of the Bible, there's the chapter, there's a colon, there's the verses that I'm going to use to teach from. Okay, and then you see to the right of it, there's letters. 99.9% of the time, just because I like it, you'll see the letters ESV, which stands for English Standard Version. So the, the, this is originally written in Greek, and the English Standard Version is an English, one of the, there's a lot of English versions, but it's one of the versions of the Greek that we're translating from. I like the ESV. I think it's really helpful. There are other versions, though, that are also really helpful. There's no right or wrong when it comes to versions. We'll talk about that more later, but here's why I'm saying this, because as you can see, um, I made a slight edit, and that's why I'm being honest right now. I made a slight edit. Because you can see this word right here, and if you have an ESV, you can look at it. It's a fact check. The word right here, and he said to the sea, silence. So, and the reason I'm calling out myself and fact checking myself is because the ESV does not use the word silence. The NIV does, which is another translation. The NLT does, I think, which is another translation. But the ESV uses the word peace. Be still. However, whenever, so if you have your Bible's peace be still, looking at the context and the translation, the, I think just personally, and you can, you can disagree with me and that's okay, but the word silence I think is a better translation for this word because that's what's going on. Where Jesus is saying, shut up. Hey, wind, see, be quiet, hush, silence, shut up, and be still. Jesus is rebuking the sea, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Okay, so what is this demonstrating? Well, a few things. One is that Jesus is in charge. See, if you're ever wondering who's in charge, Jesus is in charge. Hey, who, who has authority here? Jesus has authority. Who's in charge of my life? Jesus is in charge of our lives. And, and it's, if we know it's just fundamentally true that Jesus is in charge, here's the opportunity. We can either um, submit or not submit to Jesus being in charge. But the reality is, regardless of you submit or don't submit, Jesus is in charge of our lives. And if Jesus is in charge of our lives, that's amazing because Jesus is so great and so good and so powerful and Jesus has authority. It's just incredible that Jesus is in charge of our lives because Jesus has authority over the wind and the sea. Jesus has authority over the natural order. But one thing I want to point out here is going back to the word rebuke, is that when he, this is Jesus, and rebuked the wind. So this word rebuke is really interesting, though, because this is consistent, and this is where I'm kind of sitting down here to have a short kind of mini conversation here. Um, this is consistent with other rebukes when it comes to demonic forces. 
You'll see in Mark, so we're reading in Mark chapter 4, you can see in Mark chapter 5, they're going across the sea, spoiler, um, they do make it, they go across the sea, and they meet um, this guy who's demon-possessed. And in this um, demon possession, um, they, it's like the same idea that this word, if you look at the Greek, the, the, the word rebuke is like Jesus is rebuking like a person. It's like a personal force going on in this wind right now. And the reason that this is important is because, yes, Jesus is, um, Jesus is in charge of the natural, but also Jesus is in charge of the supernatural, So with chaos in our lives, there's actually a third category. It's not just, and this is why I'm sitting down to have a kind of a serious conversation here. Um, It's not just um, 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 internal chaos and external chaos. There's actually a third version of chaos that can come into our lives at times, and this is supernatural chaos. And this is not like Wanda Maximoff, like chaos magic if you're like a Marvel nerd. Right? But this is supernatural chaos because what's going on um, with this chaos? Well, if if something in your life feels, seems unnatural and it's chaotic and it's unnatural, it's possible that it's a battle. Not, I'm not saying it for sure, but it's possible, so at least asking the question, that it's possible that it's a battle in the spiritual realm. There are spiritual things that we can't see going on around us. So as we think through chaos externally, just kind of like a, on a natural way, as we think through chaos internally with us, we also need to consider chaos supernaturally. Because especially if you just started following Jesus, if you just started following Jesus, here's what's happening. There's a war waging against you that's against the kingdom of God. And this war we can't see. It's a war in the unseen realm, in the heavenly realm that we can't see. So just because something is spiritual doesn't mean it's good, because spiritual can also be like an evil spirit. If something is supernatural, that doesn't make it necessarily mean it good either, because it can be like, a, like an evil supernatural thing going on, right? So there's good spirits, there's bad spirits. There's supernatural just kind of talks about the realm in which these spirits are operating, and it's this war going on that we can't see. Um, I don't want to um, over—I don't want to— um, um, uh, like overemphasize it and be fearful of it, as you can see in a second. I don't want to be fearful of it, but I just want to say, hey, it's possible that there may be some stuff going on. Um, Because I was talking to someone um, a few weeks ago, um, ever since COVID, there's been a lot more like dark spiritual activity going on because a lot of us have been isolated. And in that isolation, that's typically where the enemy, the spiritual darkness, um, starts working more fervently because we're stronger together and we're stronger in community. So whenever the enemy can get us isolated, that's where he starts attacking more. More on that later. I want to talk more on that later with wisdom. But I just want to—it's here in the text, so I just wanted to be honest with the text and just be as caring um, as I can for those of us that if there's, like, weird stuff that you can't explain going on, like, come, come talk to us because we want to help you and navigate um, through that. Um, but here's why we don't need to be fearful. Here's why. Because Jesus is in charge of the external, Jesus is in charge of the internal, and Jesus is in charge of the supernatural. So we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be scared if our faith and trust in is Jesus. Because, it's on the screen here, Jesus does what only God can do. Jesus does what only God can do right? So Jesus is, has the authority from God to do it, and Jesus alone is the only hope that we have in chaos. It's the only hope that we have, right? So that's why I'm saying, like, we're trying to navigate, we're trying to swim, we're trying to try harder, we're trying to, like, flail. And my point is, you can flail your arms all day long, but when you're in chaos, Jesus is the only hope that we have. Jesus is the only, um, the, 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 or the anchor that we have where we can find stillness. Like we ourselves, um, we are powerless over chaos. 
We're powerless externally. We're powerless internally. We're powerless supernaturally. Jesus is the only hope that we have. And here's what we need to do is we need to trust God to do what only God can do to help us navigate through the chaos. See, we're trying to navigate chaos. We're trying to like do, you know, tips and tricks and hacks and like set up, you know, oftentimes you talk about healthy rhythms, which I think is really good. And there's a lot of really good practices. But ultimately, whenever we're in chaos, perhaps for our entire lives, perhaps in a season, whatever it may be, Jesus can do what only God can do. So this is why um, the big idea is... um, Chaos reveals whom we trust because we're asking, do we trust Jesus? Do we trust Jesus? The disciples did not, right? So here in verse 40, it says this, to where he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So here's what the disciples that are with him are doing. They're they're not trusting. They're they're faithless, right? And that's where um, perhaps we feel like, you know, God's forgotten about me. God doesn't care. Like God doesn't see me. Like if God were here, this wouldn't have happened. God is here, and God holds us so compassionately. And even whenever we find ourselves in seasons where we do feel faithless, God still holds us so compassionately, right? Because why? That's why Jesus came. He came to rescue us, to redeem us, because we know that whatever chaos we're experiencing here on earth, here's the good news, here's the gospel, is that one day we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, and one day we don't have to experience chaos anymore. There will be crying, no more tears, no more lostness, no more death. We just get to see Jesus face to face where we don't have to navigate the chaos that we've been navigating for our entire lives. We get to be with Jesus, y'all. Come on, we get to be with Jesus. And this is so incredible that Jesus came um, to, to restore us and to redeem us so that we may have new life in him to build his kingdom here. And here's how we get to partner with Jesus as he's building, as he's restoring. Because it's not just about us, right? Jesus loves us. It's not about us. It's about loving others and serving others. So here's what we get to do is that we get to have faith. And here's what faith means. Faith is trust. And here's what trust means. Trust is action. So faith Trust is an opportunity to strengthen um, and cultivate action toward Jesus and trust towards Jesus. And verse 41 says this, And they were filled with great fear, this is the disciples are talking, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Right? So the, the, the response of the disciples, they're hanging out with him, the response of the disciples, they don't understand who Jesus is still. They've been hanging out with Jesus. They're on a boat with Jesus. They're kind of in a life group with Jesus. And they don't fully understand who Jesus is. And here's our opportunity, though, is chaos reveals trust. See, our primary job is not to try to control the chaos because we can't. Our primary job is not to try to like, avoid chaos because we can't. Here's our job. Um, we trust Jesus that we're going to be okay. We're going to be Okay. If we're trusting Jesus, if our faith is in Jesus, we're going to be okay. So here's how we're landing the plane here. How can we trust Jesus? Here's the question. How can we trust Jesus? In two ways. First one, in two ways. We have to know our starting place. So I want to take, so here's how we trust Jesus. We have to know our starting place. And here's how we can discover our starting place. I'm going to take what I call a trust quiz. You guys ready for a trust quiz? Do you guys, is BuzzFeed, is that soul thing? It's still a thing? Okay. I think I'm old. So like BuzzFeed was a thing like back whenever I was a youth, um, not that long ago. 
Uh, but now, like, I, but I'm glad that it's, it's still going on. Okay, so imagine this is like a, like a BuzzFeed trust quiz. Okay, here we go. A BuzzFeed trust quiz. Let's do this. Okay. Um, here's, here's something, trust quiz, and here's the question. Like, um, I need something or someone to change in order to be okay. That's one option. Like, right now, I'm not feeling okay, and here's the option, the selection that I would choose, is I need something or someone to change in order to be okay. I'm not feeling okay right now. My life is very chaotic. I'm not feeling okay. And I need something to change in order to feel okay. So perhaps it's being, I just don't have enough affirmation. Like, I just need more people just telling me that I'm, that I'm approved, approved of me, you know, that I'm loved. I don't, not enough people are telling me that. Not enough people are telling me that they affirm me and approve of me. So I need more people. I'm not getting that enough, right? Or perhaps it's, hey, I don't have enough things. I need more things. I don't have things. I need that new job. I need that new relationship. I need that new, that new thing. I don't have it. I'm lacking. I need more things in my life. I don't have enough things. Or for some, hey, I don't have enough accomplishments, meaning I'm not doing enough I have not done enough. I need to do more in order to be okay. I have not done enough. I have not done a good enough job. I did something. It didn't work. I'm a failure, right? So here's, here's the, the trust quiz is that this option is I need something or someone to change in order to be okay. Hey, we don't need to raise hands for those of us that are choose that option. Okay. Um, secondly, um, or this option, there's only two. Here's the other option. Um, nothing needs to change in order for me to be okay. Nothing needs to change in order for me to be okay. Hey, look, I know, I know my life is chaotic. I know there's um, external stuff going on. I know there's some internal stuff that I'm working through. Man, but if I were just deep down, I know that when there's chaos, I can trust Jesus. And when I trust Jesus, nothing really needs to change in my life to be okay. Yes, it's not ideal. Yes, I would prefer different, thing, different things to happen. Yes, I would like things to be different. However, ultimately, if I'm really honest with myself, um, um, I've, nothing needs to change in my life in order for me to be okay. I'm loved just as I am. I'm loved just as I am. Um, I have everything I need for today. I don't need anything more. I have everything I need dot, dot, dot for today. Not everything I need for tomorrow, but I do have everything I need for today. And you know what? I've actually done enough for today. I did the best that I could. I've done something or I did nothing. It doesn't matter. Even if you did nothing, I've done enough for today. Nothing about me, nothing about around me needs to change in order um, for me to be okay. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, um, well, sorry, let me, let me go back to this. Um, clearly, the second option is ideal, but if you find yourself in the first option, it's okay. If you find yourself in the first option, this is where I was um, uh, three days ago. Hold on. This is Tuesday. Saturday, when was Saturday? Three days ago? Three days ago, Saturday. There we go. Okay, so three days ago, um, I'm like not, I'm like feeling a lot of, again, I shared with you kind of my internal chaos, and I'm just feeling a lot of like more internal chaos, but like in a, um, in a, like a, a bigger way. And I'm like, ah! And I'm just feeling like if I were to describe like my, like how I was feeling in one word, it would be like, <laughs> <clears throat> wow, I've been like choking a lot. Hold on. <laughs> Not like that, but it would be like, if I were to describe how I was feeling in one word, it would be like, it's kind of like how I was feeling, right? I don't know how you would write that, but like A-H-H-H-H-H-H-H, I don't know. Like that's how I would write it. That's how I was feeling, right? So um, 
and just sitting there like, man, what is going on? So just taking some time to process and just taking some time just to figure out what's going on. And here's where I was three days ago. I was the first option. I was like, man, what is it? Like, man, I don't feel, I don't feel loved by every single person I meet, right? I don't, and this is like just like what I'm subjectively feeling, not, not truth, right? I don't feel like I've done enough. I don't feel like I have enough. I feel like I need more. I feel like I need to do more. And just three days ago, I found myself here. And it was incredibly helpful to, as my starting place to kind of help reorient it by the grace of God and by the faithfulness of God in my life and, and just helping me um, remind myself and reveal to myself um, just a, a, a healthier perspective around my life is that, Isaac, look, you know, you've, you've done enough. You know, you're loved just as you are. And like you have everything you need for today. Don't, tomorrow, I'll take care of you tomorrow. And the next day, I'll care, take care of you the next day. And in five or six weeks, whenever your daughter, you get to meet her, I will take care of you then. And whenever you're not sleeping, I'm going to take care of you then, right? And whenever, um, you know, whatever is going on, like I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be okay, right? And God just held me with so much compassion as I was processing, just being honest with myself of where my starting place was. And number two, and here's what we need to do with that though. Because trust, sometimes, trust is this. We'll say, like, our lives are really chaotic, um, and then we'll say, like, oh, yeah, you know, but I'm just, you know, we'll give, like, a really fake, like, church answer. And if you grew up in church, you, like, we're really good at giving really fake church answers, are we not? We're like, oh, whatever, whatever you say, like, you talk about, like, just how absolutely miserable you are and how terrible you are and just, like, how awful, like, your current situation is. And then what do you say? Oh, you know, but I'm trusting God. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I'm just trusting God, you know, and I think that, I think there's, there's truth to that, but I think it's okay to be honest with where our starting place is. But we also need to be honest that trusting God are not just words. Saying that we have faith is not just words. See, faith is trust, and trust is action, right? So trusting God is like faith in action. So we need to be like, there's action to doing what God has called us to do. It's way more powerful whenever we show that we're trusting in God than whenever we just say we're trusting in God. And we see the storms navigating in our life and we're able to just like navigate it and just work through it. And God gives us grace to move forward for today. And here's what, I've said this story, I've, I've shared this story often, um, but I'll share it again. Um, so this was maybe like in the, the two-year period of my life, perhaps even like a year and a half ago, right? As, um, that period's kicking off. I'm having a conversation with my former boss um, and we were talking and I was saying, hey man, I feel like my life is like really chaotic right now. He's like, he's like, okay, well, just tell me more. It's like, yeah, I just feel like in this chaos of my life, um, I can't really like, hear from God. You know, I'm having struggling hearing. I'm struggling just like processing. I can't really hear what God is saying. And because of that, I don't really know what to do. And I feel distant from God. And I think it's me. I just feel distant from God. I'm kind of like, you know, I just don't know how I feel about God right now. I don't know how God feels about me right now. Um, and he says, he says like some of the most brilliant words I've ever heard, um, where he says, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think it's really normal to feel that way. And whenever you feel that way, hey, just what, what was the last thing God told you to do? Like, like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you said you can't hear from God right now, so what was the last thing you do remember hearing from God? It's like, oh. And I told him. He's like, okay, well, just try that. Like, oh. He's like, yeah, man. Like, sometimes whenever we can't hear from God, it's because God's already told us what we need to do, and we just need to do it. Do the last thing, right? Whenever we're trying to experience God 
it's often just the last thing that he told us. And God's there and he's waiting for us. And God's there and he's in the boat with us, right, metaphorically. And God's there when the waves are crashing in our life. And he's there. He hasn't left us. He's there with us. He holds us with compassion. And he's just there and he loves us so much. And he's so gracious. And with all of his grace, he's allowing us to move forward in what he's called us to do. Not because to make us love, not because... um, to make, uh, to make him love us more. It's not, it has nothing to do with him loving us more or not loving us. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with us cultivating our trust in him. This is for us. It's not for Jesus to love us more or not love us. It's not for um, us trying to earn our way to Jesus. This is because um, we already have good standing with Jesus and he already loves us. For those of us that put our faith and our trust in him, we can move forward in the last thing that God has called us to do. And like the disciples, I think for some of us, we feel a lot of fear. And that's why we're not moving forward in the last thing that God has called us to do. And this fear is calling us to freak out. And this fear is causing us, like the people in the boat, um, to say, um, Jesus, like, hey, wake up. Jesus, can you wake up? And Jesus like, okay, I'll wake up, but peace be still. Okay, the, the storm is calmed. But you can, there's opportunities here to cultivate trust, cultivate faith. So here, here's, why, here's why this matters. Um, I love you. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I've told you. Um, I think, I don't know. Did I say it? I can't remember. Okay. I love you. And I know for some of you, like, I don't know you well, um, but I deeply, deeply care about you. If you're here on a Tuesday night, it's because I love you and I care about you. And it's not just me. There's so many people here that love you and that care about you. And here's, in my and our care just for, for your, just your well-being and your health and your thriving, right? And knowing that the reality is that a lot of us, we just are incredibly chaotic situations, right? I want us to be able to um, move forward and not in a hopeless way, but in a way that we have our hope and our faith in Jesus as we're navigating through um, what chaotic and potentially hopeless situations. Because I know, here's why we're saying this, because Jesus is the only answer that we have, right? And here's why, also why this matters too. Um, because um, we love you, and you love the people in your circles. You love your family, you love your coworkers, you love your friends, you love the, love the people in your circles, right? And whenever we can put our trust in Jesus during moments of chaos, our chaos is not just like for, for us right here, right now. There's just a city full of people that we love that are also going through incredibly chaotic moments. And whenever we cultivate trust in Jesus and move forward, here's the opportunity that we get to do, is we get to help other people navigate through their chaotic situations, it's not, it, it, God loves us, and God, when God gives us value, and we need to remember that, yes, we want to find hope in Jesus, but also there's a lost city of Orlando. And this is what we get to do every Tuesday night, is remind ourselves that God loves us, that God cares for us, that God's gracious with us, as well as it's not about Tuesday. It's about, there's a city of Orlando that we love, and we get to bring wholeness and goodness and restoration and healing only by the power of Jesus whenever we can remind ourselves to trust in Jesus and put our faith in Jesus, and we can take that hope and the faith and the trust that we have to all of our, I say the city of Orlando, but here's what I mean when I say the city of Orlando. Your siblings, your parents, your coworkers, your friends, the people you go to at the coffee shop, right? Um, wherever circles you go to, that's what I mean when I say the city of Orlando. So whenever I say that, think of real people in your life that are navigating through incredibly chaotic situations, and then we have the opportunity um, to bring hope and healing in Jesus with that. Okay, so here's how we're going to, um, here's how we're going to end. Um, some of us have done this before, but I'm going to lead us through um, an exercise. And some of you have done this exercise before, and you think it's cool, right? 
Some of you are going to think this is really weird, the exercise that we're doing. Um, some of you are like, this is like really weird, like what's going on? Because what we're about to do, it's called a, a centering prayer exercise. And this is an exercise that you can do when you're by yourself to help provide um, um, stillness in the midst of chaos. So that's why I'm, I want to I teach it to you. If you've done it before, you've done it before. If you haven't, um, we're gonna, I'm going to journey with us through a prayer where we can practice stillness in the, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of storms um, over our lives. So is that cool? Can we do that? It'll be about three or four minutes. Is that okay? Yes? Are we okay? Okay. And, and even if you think this is like really weird and don't want to do it, that's okay, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay. Okay. So, um, so here's what I want do. I want you to close your eyes. Nothing's going to happen. No one's going to poke you. Nobody's drinking goat's blood. We're good. Uh, just, just close your eyes, and we're just going to be still for a second. And I want you to imagine um, just waves just crashing right now. Imagine like me in the lake. Imagine you and your own body of water, just waves crashing all around you. It's chaotic. It's messy. Storm is trying to survive. Waves crashing. Now I want you to imagine that you go deep beneath the surface of the water. Because even in storms, whenever the surface of the water is really chaotic, if you go deep, deep down under the, under the surface, it's still. And that's where we can encounter just God himself, just reminding us of who he is. That's the very breath of God just filling our lungs right now. but we know that we don't live there. We actually live in reality. So we're going to come back up. Eyes still closed, but we're going to come back up to the surface of the water, and it's chaotic. And the first thing I want us to do is just start noticing and being aware and observant of the things around us. So I want you to, um, for a few seconds, just try to hear everything that you can hear, all the noises that you can hear right now. Okay, I hear like a whirring behind me. I don't know if that's the fog machine or not, or the lights, I don't know, but it's some mechanical thing. I hear that. Okay, I hear some people wrestling. And it's okay, I'm not saying not to hear these things, but just be observant, being aware of what we're hearing right now. Okay, I heard the door just now. I hear my own breathing. But we're going to go deep below the surface of the water now, where it's still. And deep beneath the surface of the water, there's a shining presence. There's a peaceful presence. There's a loving presence. There's a gracious presence. Just God just sitting there with us. Okay, but we're going to come back up uh, to reality, the surface of the water, where it's really chaotic. And now here's what I want you to do. I want you to start um, making a mental list of everything that you're thinking about. Make a mental list of everything you're thinking about. Any job stuff, any family stuff, any relationship stuff, any conflict stuff. Um, just make a mental list of just try to list uh, everything you're thinking about.
Okay, now we're going to go deep down beneath the surface of the water where it's still. We know God is right there with us. There's a peaceful presence. There's a loving presence. There's a shining presence. But we also know that, again, we live in reality and our lives can be chaotic. So we're going to come back up to the surface of the water one more time. And now we're going to ask, um, what are we feeling? Like physically, what are we feeling? Do you feel like any, any pressures, um, any aches in your body? Um, right now, I feel like a small kind of knot in my stomach right now. I kind of feel tension in the back of my neck. Just physically, what are we feeling? Notice your body tense in any way. But also, what are you feeling um, emotionally? You're feeling sadness, anger, anxiety. And last time, we're going to go deep beneath the surface of the water where it's still. And that's where God is. There's a shining presence. There's a peaceful presence. There's a loving presence. There's a gracious presence. Father, man, as we're just doing this uh, centering prayer exercise, God, we're just so thankful for you. We're thankful for your son, Jesus. God, we're thankful, we're thankful for your spirit. God, and right now I'm just so um, just, just glad to be here, God, just with my table family. And man, it's been, it's been a week. It's been a few weeks. It's been a couple years. Um, and here we are just together, that we're not isolated, and we can be together, just reminding ourselves, God, that even in the midst of the storm and even in the midst of the chaos, God, you are here and you are with us, and we can put our faith in you and our trust in you. And no matter what we're going through, God, we're going to be okay. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're going to um, sing a song together. Um, so, and I love this song. So the song is called uh, Tremble. And you've, perhaps you've heard the song before. And the reason I love this song um, is because of the first verse. Um, can we have, uh, Dan, if you can throw up the, uh, the first verse here, Noah. Peace, bring it all to peace. And then here's the next line here. The storm surrounding me. Uh, one more. Let it break at your name. And the song continues, and it basically says that in the midst of darkness, that Jesus is a light, and we get to put our hope in the light of Jesus, that the darkness trembles, and everything trembles at the name of Jesus. So whenever we feel anxiety, whenever we feel fear, we're not feeling peace, um, then we can um, speak peace and sing peace um, and, uh, to Jesus um, as we sing. So I think the, the band's going to lead us. Anna um, is going to lead us in tremble. So if you guys want to stand and sing with us as we sing the song.